We get it. You're busy. You don't have time to waste on the mainstream media. That's why Salem News Channel is here. We have hosts worth watching, actually discussing the topics that matter. Andrew Wilkow, Dinesh D'Souza, Brandon Tatum, and more. Open debate and free speech you won't find anywhere else. We're not like the other guys. We're Salem News Channel. Watch anytime on any screen for free 24-7 at snc.tv. And on local now, channel 525. Program guests and Craig Roberts not affiliated with Vitucci and Associates. Information provided for illustrative purposes only does not constitute investment, tax, or legal advice. Information obtained from sources deemed reliable, but accuracy and completeness not guaranteed. Vitucci and Associates have no liability for information discussed. Consult with qualified investment, tax, or legal professional prior to taking action. Securities and advisory services offered through United Planners Financial Services. Member FINRA, SIPC, Vitucci and Associates, and United Planners Financial Services are not affiliated. The views and opinions expressed are based on current economic and market conditions and are subject to change. All investing involves risk, including the potential for loss of principle. Welcome to Don't Invest and Forget, a weekly financial news magazine designed to educate and equip you with the roadmap and direction you need to manage your money, meet your financial goals, and instill confidence in your investment choices on the road to retirement. Your host is author, radio commentator, and investment advisor, Pat Vitucci of Vitucci & Associates. With over 30 years' experience in the world of finance and investment planning, Pat specializes in personal and corporate investment management with special emphasis on retirement planning. My special guest today, Court Chinsis, is one of our premier licensed financial advisors. He meets with our clients on a regular basis. Court, welcome to the show. Thanks, Pat. Great to be here. Court, you and I have been chatting of late. The big question is, will we have a soft landing? Are we in a recession? It's always defined some months later when all the data comes in, either crystal clear, we did have a recession, or we're going to have a recession, or we're going to have a soft landing, we're going to have a hard landing. And what ties into this is Jerome Powell's decision and their his 13 governors to decide to raise interest rates again, or will they take a pause this time? I saw a study, there's an 88% chance that they will take a pause. That doesn't mean they're finished raising rates. They could always resume in July. The question on our investing public's mind is, what do they do with the losses, Court, that they looked at when they got their first quarter statement? Here we are close to the end of the second quarter. What do they do to mitigate the impact of if it really was a bear market and if the second half looks like more bullish market, inflation numbers seem to be coming down, cost of a barrel of oil is at an all-time low. And last time I looked, it was, I think, $68 a barrel. By the way, have you noticed when the cost of a barrel of oil goes up, it immediately hits the gas station pump. And when it goes down, you never really see it go down by too much, but that's a whole other discussion. How do you guide our clients with the emotion of losing money? Gosh, nobody likes to lose money, but there's that emotional part of losing money, that part of risk. Risk is that four-letter word. What kind of dialogue do you have with that client, Court? Yeah, it's a great question, Pat. And when we start to look at it and we're talking to our clients, the good news is it's usually not the first time that we've had this conversation about this. What we try and focus on with our clients is, first of all, we take a long-term perspective, 
right? We don't want to necessarily get caught off guard when the storm comes. We want to be watching the radar ahead of time and make sure that we're ready for anything that blows in. So one of the things that we do, and there's a couple different strategies. So you want to take a combination of being really proactive and then having a long, long-term perspective. So first of all, if you're diversified, and you mentioned a couple different things there, you, you talked about commodities, you talked about stocks, we know that interest rates have an impact on bonds, so you're covering all the major asset classes. You want to make sure that you're diversified across those. Being diversified can help offset some of the losses in one area when sometimes you can get gains in another. So we like to make sure that not all of our portfolio is going to move in the same direction. So if the market starts to go down, part of our portfolio can go up. And that's where coming in with tactical asset allocation and making sure that we're staying ahead of the curve and planning for the long term with our clients is going to keep us afloat and help to really minimize some of that emotional impact because we're going to have less losses in the portfolio relative to the market. But at the end of the day, if you've got a long-term focus and you have substantial liquidity, you've got your emergency fund, you can really start to mitigate some of that emotional stress that comes from what's really normal in a market. Markets go up, markets go down. So we're always well prepared for it. We're planning for it. We're talking about it before it happens. So when the storm does come in, um, we've already we've already taken shelter per se. That D word diversification. I think you nailed it right on the head with a proper balance of all the asset classes: stocks, bonds, utilities, commodities. You generally don't take the major ride down. You tend to have more of a balance. We've talked about this many many times. For the younger people who may not be retired, may not need access to the cash flow that your portfolio will generate, we've talked about it's frequently a good time to buy. I mean, when there's a Macy's White Flower Day sale on the market and share prices are lower than they were a year ago, isn't the time to buy in some cases if you don't need access to the money? I love it, Pat. And that's just hits a cornerstone of a lot of what we do, value investing. Find us that sale, right? We're going to go in, we're going to find what's on sale, and we're going to buy it at a discount. And we're going to even take it a little bit further. We're going to find the companies that are undervalued relative to the rest of the market. And those are going to be the companies that we lock in on. So show me the companies that are really well run. They have strong leadership. They have good cash flow. They've got strong balance sheets, they can weather a storm. And during these times when everything goes down, those are the times that we want to get in and we want to buy those stocks because we know they can weather the storm. We know that they're going to rebound nicely. And frankly, they're probably going to rebound even better because in a bad market, the companies that haven't been frugal, that aren't well run, that are maybe being a little bit exuberant in their spending, well, they're not going to recover as well. So they're going to start to lose some market share when the well-run companies can come in and they can start to get that back. So I like the idea of value investing. And when we're looking at a tough market, that's really when we want to get in and we want to hit that Macy's sale, Pat. Yeah, I mean, technical term, what we're talking about is sector rotation. And one of the big faults that some folks do is they, they look at last year or last quarter and say, wow, this area, this fund did great. I'm moving all my money there. Well, that rear investing, we know historically rarely works. 
And so you want to prospectively look forward where are the leading and lagging indicators moving towards. And ideally, you want to move in that direction. But it comes down to, as you and I have talked about, Court, behavior, emotional behavior. We're wired kind of a strange way. And when it comes to investing, knee-jerk reaction is sometimes, oh, my gosh, I lost money. I'm getting out. Instead of, oh, my gosh, there's a sale. I'm buying in. So our behavior can sometimes inhibit making smarter decisions. Pat, one of the things that you've been talking about for decades is setting clear financial goals and having a plan. And if you have the clear financial goals, which means you've defined both your short-term and your long-term investment strategy, if you've developed a comprehensive financial plan, it's been well thought out, it's aligning your goals, it's aligning your risk tolerance and your time horizon, you have a budget, you know what your strategies are, your tax planning and risk management are covered. If you have those two pieces in place, that's going to help do exactly what you're talking about with the sector rotation, help you to diversify your investments. And then the recessions or the market volatility isn't really going to play in to your short-term decision makings. It really helps to shield you from some of that emotional stress that somebody who doesn't have that long-term plan starts to be very reactionary and may make bad decisions. Now, Pat, one of the things that I remember you and I talking about pretty recently is the average investor underperforms a market by a sizable margin. And there's a lot of theories as to why, but I think at the end of the day, it comes down to making those emotional decisions. People start to get scared. The news is putting a lot of things in front of us. The markets are in trouble. People react, they pull their money out, they get away from their plan. So if you have a good plan, you've set financial goals, and you've got a well-diversified portfolio, it's going to help you see your way through anything that comes your way. Yeah, I think that's well said, Court. Retirees are really focused on preservation of wealth. They want to preserve their money. They don't want to have to go out and get a part-time job at Walmart as a reader or an Uber driver. We're in studio today with Court Chances. Court is one of our premier financial advisors. He's available to meet with any of our current clients or if you're a new listener to the show, Court's available to meet in any of our Bay Area offices. Give our offices a call at one plan wise or go to our website, don'tinvestandforget.com. Let's talk about some specific investment vehicles or strategies that do well during recessions. And there's a handful of them and. In- Everybody's going to be a little bit different, which is why, again, I love having that plan, making sure you've got the clear goals, because then that helps people like us to make sure we've got the right types of investments in our client's portfolio. So some of those investments can can weather financial downturns quite well. We think about bonds and fixed income. Well, we know that high quality bonds, such as government and investment grade corporate bonds, they're less volatile than stocks. And when stocks go down, Typically, we see bonds going down less or moving in the opposite direction. Defensive stocks, things, think about consumer staples, healthcare, utilities, certain parts of technology that are less affected by economic downturns. Um, Some of those specific sectors are the ones that we like to rotate into during periods of market volatility or into a bear market. The reason why is there are certain things that you're going to buy whether the economy is doing well or not. 
Think about consumer staples, your paper towels, your garbage bags, your toilet paper. You're not going to stop buying that. Healthcare and utilities, those are going to be things you're using. So we like the idea of being able to rotate into those sectors. Dividend-paying stocks, if you find the right companies that have consistently been able to raise their dividends over time, they have strong balance sheets, strong revenue generation, then that's another good place where you can be. They're value stocks. They've got sound fundamentals. So we want to look at those kind of options too. And then there's other strategies. So that's um, one way to mitigate some of the risk is to move into those types of assets. But there's another way where you can transfer risk. And what I mean by that is using some kind of an insurance product. I've always been keen on products such as annuities, variable annuities or fixed index annuities, where you can transfer the market risk onto the insurance company and provide yourself certain guarantees on future income streams or legacy planning. So there's a lot of benefits to those where you can create a pension for your clients and transfer the risk away. So there's a lot of strategies, Pat, and each one is going to be very dependent on the individual circumstances of the client. That annuity story that you touched on really tends to keep an investor's emotions in place because while market value may be volatile, that stable income stream, the guarantee income stream month after month, year after year, is a very much of a settling issue. It's all about, can I pay my mortgage? Can I pay my car payment? Can I still go on vacation this year, even though the market is down? And that annuity kind of has a smoothing effect. And you touched on dollar cost averaging, buying into the market or getting out of an area of a market, getting out of a sector and rotating into another sector. We've used that technical term, dollar cost averaging. You're taking a nibble out of one area and moving it to another area that we think prospectively looking forward will be more participative in the recovery. You touched on a, some really salient points between dollar cost averaging and using an annuity in some cases to smooth out the volatility. And we all know the last 10 or 12 years, the market has been extremely volatile. What are some of the common mistakes you've seen, Court? I mean, we've been in this business for decades. We've seen some common mistakes investors make during bear or bull markets. How do you avoid them? Pat, I think that there's a couple things that we can do. We can talk about avoiding, but I also think it's important to talk about recognizing some of the patterns that we see in the markets. I, sometimes we get questions from our clients that say, what should we look for that's going to predict a bear market or a bull market? Well, there's a few things that we look at, one being market valuations. So there's market valuations such as price to earnings ratios or different leading indicators like you mentioned, different lagging indicators that paint the picture after things happen. But market valuations and finding when things start to get low valuations, um, are they suggesting a potential market recovery or a bull market? So we start to look at that. We also look at a lot of those economic indicators, GDP, unemployment, inflation, interest rates, usually hot topics because that's what we see in the media. But we like those because they're good indications of what's happening in a broader in a broader macro environment. Uh, market sentiment. There's a lot of studies that are done that assess the sentiment of investors across a market. Um, and that helps give us some insight into investor behavior. So when we see extreme optimism or pessimism, then sometimes that can be a bit of a contrarian indicator. 
So we've got to be careful with those types of things that we see, and those are red flags for us. Um, we also work with a lot of people who focus on technical analysis or looking at the trends in the market. Um, but at the end of the day, markets go up and down, and it's tied to the business cycle. So the business cycle has periods of expansion. There's a peak, a contraction, a trough. These influence the market as well. So understanding those types of cycles can provide a framework for assessing the likelihood of any kind of a market shift. It's always interesting to watch the markets and track the sentiment of our clients. And in our case, we are corresponding and communicating with our clients every week through our weekly newsletter. But more importantly, we're actually having conversations, either in person, Zoom calls, or phone calls, kind of ease everybody's emotions, keeping the lines of communication open, and helping our clients ride through the ups and downs of the market. We're going to guarantee to have ups and downs throughout our lifetime. There's no question. Markets don't always go up, and when they go down, they tend to recover. Sometimes it takes longer than others. That's investing and recognizing the volatility of the market and helping our clients understand it and holding their hand through those tough times. I think you hit the nail right on the head, Court. We're in studio today with Court Chintz. Court is one of our premier financial advisors. He's available to meet with any of our current clients or if you're a new listener to the show, Court's available to meet in any of our Bay Area offices. Give our offices a call at 1-888-PLANWISE. Court, you'll have a discussion. You'll give kind of a preliminary conversation with the prospect and talk about some of the things you want to touch on when, when a listener calls in, just a friendly, casual conversation. Talk to our listeners about how that first couple of minutes goes. And then if there's an ensuing scheduling of a meeting, what goes on there? Yeah, that's a great question, Pat. So the first thing that we like to do, and, and you hit it right on the head, is we spend the first few minutes getting to know who we're talking to. People do business with people who they know and trust, and you know we want to make sure that you know us. We want you to know that what we do, we take seriously. We stay on, on top of what's happening in the markets. We have very sound fundamentals. We preach to all of our clients that it's important to set goals and to have a, a plan. Well, we do too, and we have very specific processes that we follow when we're putting together plans for our clients, our approach. We take a scientific approach. Um, but we want to also make sure that we adjust that approach to every individual person. So in that first meeting, that first phone call, we want to know more about you. We want to know what it is that you're looking to achieve. And from there, when we get together in that first introductory meeting, um, we continue that part of the conversation. We want to understand what your goals are. We want to understand... Um, you know, what it is that you want your money to do for you. Because if we have a really good, clear picture of that, then we can develop a plan. And once we have that plan in place, then we can use that plan to guide the investment decisions over time. So none of this happens, uh, you know, in a, in a few minute period of time, right? We actually want to take the time to get to know who we're working with, what's important to you, What's your risk tolerance? What's your time horizon? What should these dollars be doing for you so we can make them work and get the most out of each individual dollar for you in the long term? Uh, and the more that we get to know each other and when we have our quarterly reviews, which we do with each of our clients, uh, as we get to know each other more, then we start to really be able to help coach on things around emotional decision making. Um, we start to be able to avoid things like 
the urge for market timing during tough markets. And we build a good comprehensive strategy that's going to see you through any type of market and focus on maximizing your investment dollars and providing you that safety and security throughout retirement. Um, You know, that's one of the things, Pat, that we always like to say here is we focus not just on getting the most returns, but the best risk adjusted returns for our clients. We don't want to be too aggressive. We don't want to be too conservative. There's a proper mix through using various different investment vehicles that allow us to find that sweet spot for each individual individual person and provide them that peace of mind and financial security. Cortez is one of our premier financial advisors at Proxy Financial. Give her office a call if you'd like to meet with Court. One triple eight plan wise. That's one triple eight plan wise. Or go to our website. Don't invest and forget. Court, thanks so much for joining me today. Thanks, Pat. Pleasure being here. Pat Fatucci says, don't invest and forget. Invest and forget. Invest and forget. All of us understand, I think, at some point as we're working through our career and eventually looking down the horizon toward retirement, that we need to be actively engaged. That means not just contributing on a routine basis to an IRA or a 401k, but also, as Pat always reminds us, not to invest and forget, meaning you need to actively manage those monies. But along the way, as we exercise that discipline, there are other types of mistakes that we can potentially make that could be extremely detrimental to not just our success at retirement planning, but eventually detrimental to our retirement. We take a few moments now to take a look at the 10 worst retirement planning mistakes to avoid as our host, 30-plus-year money manager, Pat Fitucci, kind of unpack these 10 things to avoid. And, Pat, it's not an exhaustive list per se, but it's a list that has more commonality with the way most Americans behave when it comes to their relationship with money than many perhaps might surmise. Yeah, Craig, you're right. You know, we put more time and energy into planning our next vacation than planning our retirement. Okay, vacation's a couple weeks. Retirement could be a couple of decades. And one of the things we really specialize in when folks come in for that no obligation consultation, we literally create a roadmap to retirement. Writing down a plan is essential. And you would think, okay, it makes a lot of sense. But how many times have you taken the time for you and if you're married, your spouse to say, okay, what is my lifestyle going to look like? How is my health going to interact with that? And look at the debits and credits, look at the assets and liabilities and literally create a plan. And and it sounds fundamental and it sounds basic, but unless you write it down, the old adage is you don't see that goal. You don't see that plan in place. You're just kind of haphazardly going down the road and hoping and praying you've done all the right things and you're going to have enough money. Do you have enough? How much is enough? And the answer is very different for all of us. What is our monthly nut? What is our, what are our plans? What are our aspirations? What are our legacy plans? Do we want to leave money to kids or do we want to let that last check bounce? So all those things, having a plan in place is really critical. So where are the wise choices? Let's talk about where do you invest? And it really comes down to your risk appetite. You ultra conservative, you nervous as heck about watching 
Wall Street and all its ups and downs? Or are you really aggressive and you want to be in the latest dot com or you want to invest in uh, a SPAC, a special purpose type of investment? It really comes down to your intestinal fortitude of putting up with that level of risk. And there are a whole host of different sectors from stock markets and bond markets and utility markets, real estate markets, overseas markets, emerging markets. You have a certain sector you're really comfortable with. You are a plumber and you really like the building industry. Okay, then that's your comfort level. You're a real estate broker. You're going to probably tilt your investment wisdom towards real estate. So it's really what you're comfortable with, but getting outside of the comfort zone, we think is real important to to diversify into different markets so that you have this ebb and flow of some sustainable kind of income throughout your lifetime. All right, let's talk about the bad news, taxing. We're going to get taxed on some gains. We're going to get taxed on income. We're going to get taxed at the estate level. What have you done to look at the tax implications of what you're doing? There's tax-free, tax-deferred, and taxable. What combination of those three things works best for you? And the answer is, it depends on your marginal tax bracket. So your marginal tax bracket will dictate what proportion of your money should be in taxable, tax-free, tax-deferred. You're going to pay Uncle Sam because we live in a great country. You're going to pay for services. And how much of your hard-earned money are you going to have to fork over to Uncle Sam? Therein lies that deft touch of creating a tax-optimal plan for you and your family so that you give your fair share, but you use every legitimate tax rule in the country to your favor. And failure to do that, shame on you for giving up too much to Uncle Sam. So again, tax prudence is real important. Please let me emphasize that tax professionals are not a part of Vitucci and Associates staff, but we refer to professionals versed in those disciplines. How about health issues? We've talked about all the good stuff and life is going to be great when I retire. The reality of it is some of us will have health issues. How does that affect your portfolio? Certainly if you're over 65, 65 or over, you're going to enjoy Medicare. Medicare is a great system, pretty much takes care of most of your health costs. There's a confusion that some people actually think if I get subject to a nursing home or if I need in-home care, a nurse or somebody to help me bathe or dress, that Medicare is going to cover that. Not true. Long-term care plans, you just mention the word and people run the other way. Oh my gosh, if I buy it, I'm going to probably need it. Obviously, that's not true. But the cost of an average nursing home in California today is over $9,000 a month. And if you or your spouse or God forbid both of you needed long-term care confinement, think of how quickly that can erode even a healthy portfolio. So we always talk about let's get a quote for that nursing home care, which includes nursing home confinement, medical care in the home by a registered nurse or LVN, licensed vocational nurse, or even just help with bathing and dressing. The bathing and dressing people who come in and help you with some of the basic things in life, they're $25, $35 per hour. So really we need to give some 
real cautionary advice to look at the health care and potential long-term care exposure. We know the Social Security system is has been kind of the backbone of a lot of our retirement plans. And so the big question is, do you take it at 62? Do you wait till full retirement age, 65, 66, and X months, all depending on your age? Or should you wait from 65, 66 to 70? Every year you wait from that year forward, your income goes up guaranteed 8% a year. It's 8% return. That's pretty cool to enjoy that benefit and get a guaranteed upgrade of 8% a year. So if you can afford it, if you love what you do, your health is good, certainly you want to wait until age 70. Any questions, call us personally, 888-PLAN-WISE. That's 888-P-L-A-N-W-I-S-E. Or go to our website, don'tinvestandforget.com. That's don'tinvestandforget.com. You've been listening to Don't Invest and Forget with author and investment advisor, Pat Fatucci. To gain more information about any of the topics discussed on today's program or to schedule your appointment for a no-obligation financial plan tune-up in one of the area offices of Fatucci & Associates near you, Go to don'tinvestandforget.com. That's don'tinvestandforget.com. Or call toll-free 888-PLAN-WISE. That's 888-P-L-A-N-W-I-S-E. Or visit don'tinvestandforget.com. Program guests and Craig Roberts not affiliated with Vitucci and Associates. Information provided for illustrative purposes only does not constitute investment, tax, or legal advice. Information obtained from sources deemed reliable, but accuracy and completeness not guaranteed. Vitucci and Associates have no liability for information discussed. Consult with qualified investment, tax, or legal professional prior to taking action. Securities and advisory services offered through United Planners Financial Services. Member FINRA, SIPC, Vitucci and Associates, and United Planners Financial Services are not affiliated.